What's going on, ladies? A better at hard things than you. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> oh my god! And we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the G2A podcast experience, episode number. Steve. 17. 17. Damn straight. Uh, welcome, everybody. Hope you guys are staying cool, man. Summer is here. And, uh, man, things are heating up. They're heating up. I am literally on fire, melting my face off today. And um, today we are joined with uh, Fabian, who is an, uh, the uh, founder and owner of umx gaming an esports or organization focused on csgo how are you doing fabian doing quite good thanks for having me yeah it's very hot even here in switzerland it's very hot in switzerland as well i don't know when i think of switzerland i always think of like mountains and snowboarding not beaches and starfish for example i don't know is it and it, guns and guns? <laughs> okay. okay. Where, where did the guns come from, dude? Because you can legally have a gun in Switzerland. I'm pure. Like apparently, like you could have a gun in Switzerland, right? Fabian, do you have a gun? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, I mean, everybody that's in the military, which is or should be every man, um, has a gun at home. So. Okay. But I think you can legally obtain one, but I'm not too so, sure on the gun law. So you don't need like a permit or anything? Like a, you can just buy one if you want it? Like... I'm no, pretty I'm pretty sure, sure you... you need. Oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I, just, I can't imagine going to shops like, oh, I like a gun. What gun would you like? <laughs> an AK. Oh, I yeah, would... yeah, sure. Just here you go. I would bye like. Bye. See you tomorrow. I would like the M4A1 over there, please. <laughs> Thank you. Does it come with a scope? No. Ah, that's okay. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, Fabian, we're here to talk about uh you, man. So you're 21 years old, right? 21. You said 21. And uh, you founded UMX uh, Gaming, which is an esports organization focused on CSGO. Tell me, tell me what inspired you to start this organization and tell me a little bit about like some of the challenges that you faced as a 21-year-old. I mean, because when I was 21, man, I couldn't get my head out of my ass. I didn't know anything, um, I'm, you know, and that was like almost 10 years ago, right? So... <laughs> Uh, so I'm a little bit of a different person now, but let me know, like, how how is it? How does it happen? Good question. Um, yeah, I've always been interested in esports, like from a very young age, like 14 or so, um, when I started playing Call of Duty. Um, and I, like, I always had this, I, I always wanted to compete and, like, better than others but like within a team environment um this was always when playing football and stuff but um gaming was always there as well with friends and then starting to form a team in call of duty but i soon noticed that i won't be at the top <laughs> with um, maybe i had the talent i don't know but i definitely had 
or didn't have the time to put in, um, which is the main factor to go uh, anywhere in esports to have a lot of time and a lot of time to transfer your talent to actual skill. Um, but yeah, I never really left the esports scene, and then the idea came to just found an esports organs like help young players to develop themselves and get them through to the actual main stages of esports um and that's what we have been working for till now and it starts to show a little now so very nice very nice um how many uh like when did you guys start exactly like when when did when was umx gaming like the an, an official uh esports organization like how long have you guys been in it so far started three years ago three years ago okay yes and so where did your players come from did you recruit them from somewhere or like how did this team form um the team that we have right now yeah we've recruited them as a team already but since they've joined there's been a lot of changes of course you always need to do them in order to form the as perfect team as possible <laughs> Exactly, but um, I think our first team when we started was a PUBG team um, in 2018. Um, I used to play PUBG back then as well because it just came out. It was the first Battle Royale hype and stuff, and we used to play a bit competitive back then. And one of my team's players um, always has been way, way, way better than the rest of us and it was he was kind of destined to go pro in this so that also was the reason that i said i take a step back and reform that organization around him get some players on his level in and then just see where it goes yeah i remember PUBG, man when PUBG came out man that game blew up oh my god like as the first like battle royale game. I mean, Fortnite was still there, right? Bef like, or, or like around the time that PUBG came around, like Fortnite was still like pretty popular, right? Um, but I think PUBG it sort of like changed the game when it comes to like um, I, I don't want to say a more realistic shooting like experience because it's not, but it was more of like um, more of like a competitive like for like I don't know not children i guess i would have to say you know and um a lot of people really like have got into PUBG. like i, I put like at least 500 hours into it when, when it came out and um a lot of good players showed up out of nowhere like playing that game you know like people got really good at PUBG. so um you know i think maybe you know maybe if it wasn't for PUBG. Maybe you wouldn't be in the like in the position that you are in today, right? Because because you found that player, the best one. Is he still a part of the of the org? Um, no, we we went out of PUBG like one year ago. We okay. just noticed that like PUBG itself has a very top oriented like structure around yeah. esports. Um, there isn't much at grassroots or like amateur esports. Yeah. to be gained for esports orcs um and we struggled a lot with roster changes and stuff so well now you guys are focusing on on csgo right yes okay 
And what what made what made you shift from PUBG to CS:GO? Was it easier because you mentioned PUBG was more of like a top player, you know, or like a game where there wasn't any room for like amateurs and, and stuff like that? And was it easier to find those types of players in CS:GO and recruit them? Um, we it was like half a year later after we founded York that we started to try to branch out into different games okay. um like call of duty was an option of course csgo was an option multiple other games as well um and it's the hardest part is always finding a team that you can support and that with the support you can give is willing to play for you at the moment of course we didn't have much to give to right. any team so we weren't able to get a top team but um that also was the time where i started playing cs myself a bit more and getting to know more and more cs players um back at the time i used to play with a british guy which was also kind of the the entry into the uk scene where mm -hmm. we then obtained the first roster um they weren't that good and <laughs> but at least we had a roster um the good thing about the uk scene back then was it had a lot of following um it still has at the time but um yeah we we uh, we got a roster that showed potential but we didn't know if they actually can go to the top but yeah we we needed to take a risk anyways because yeah we weren't able to like get the top players anyways how yeah. many teams do you have at the moment only one and it's the counter strike team that's the kind of strike team. We are trying to get a Rocket League team as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we know how much process it needed to find the roster we have right now in CS. And we don't just want to jump on the first promising ship. We actually want to do the, the research and make sure it's, it's the right decision. What about games like League of Legends or Dota or Valorant, for example, is that something you'd looked into or you'd want to look into? Definitely, yeah. Um, obviously, like, we've looked into all of these, but mainly, or what we said, like, we tried to go into a lot of, um, e like, esports titles, like Rainbow Six, we had several rosters, and what we noticed is if we don't actually um understand the economics of that particular game um it isn't really worth anything to us to just go in there to have a team because in the end it's a lot of work to have a team in there to support them properly and to make sure they can um play to their best potential and we like we wanted to have less volume on teams but more focus on each individual team to support them as much as we can and that's what we've done with the cs team in the last last year where we only focused on the cs team um, mainly because we didn't have more resources to have any other teams but at the moment or like right now i think we're ready to get another team where we can um, put in the same amount of work to get them where it, they should be it it sounds like you you have to put in a, a lot of work into building an organization you know planning out the future i would say it's almost like 
you're trying to open up a business, right? Like, I mean, an esports organization, you know, like it, in the at the end, right? I mean, it's an organization, right? Like you're you're still trying to like get sponsors, right? And you want to get players in and you want to pay these players, of course, if they start winning and stuff like that. And um, it sounds like a lot of stuff to do for a guy that's as young as you, you know? I mean, it's actually pretty impressive. And like, I really give you huge amount of kudos, man. Like uh, there's, there's, you know, when like when I was twenty one, God, I'm I feel like I'm a boomer. I swear to God, I'm like when I was twenty one, you know, like. <laughs> um, but you know, when I was younger, like that, like that was the last thing that I had uh, on my plate was just to like open up like some kind of organization or an esports thing, and um, it's really impressive, honestly. Um, I wanted to ask you also because you said you started in like two thousand eighteen. Yeah. How did the COVID situation? affect the process into you know making the organization hiring people stuff like that because um i know that there's some business models right um that weren't that affected you know like digital gaming and stuff like that like uh, stores and storefronts and like that you know people they like, realized that um it was very possible to still lead your business or your organization remotely was that the same situation for umx gaming or was it a little bit more difficult um, i mean esports happens mainly online anyways especially yeah. amateur esports um there aren't that many lands anyway like especially for competition but um it kind of hurt us in the way that we weren't able to do the content that we wanted and in the end to like get sponsors and um, gain reach and so on you need good content and it's always easier if you can actually take a picture of the players and have them promote your jerseys have them wear your jerseys do interviews whatever um but that just wasn't possible due to COVID, obviously so you just have to rethink the whole thing and be more innovative i guess like in every business branch i think right right the, the ones no matter what um what business it is the ones that were innovative during this time they still succeeded and kind of put the edge between them and the others so how what, far it's the same how far do you and your team like live away from each other i'm in switzerland they're in the uk so <laughs> but in in the uk are they close so for example could they book like some sort of sessions uh, like a photographer um, no, since two players even are from Ireland, so ah, they okay. would have, yeah, we we would have had to fly them into one one place at the time. But yeah, I mean, we would have done that anyways if there was a LAN, but there wasn't. So how's okay. the how, like how's the COVID situation uh, looking right now in Switzerland? Because things are sort of you know it's like summertime. Things are sort of like, you know, loosening up a little bit. You know, people are like starting to actually leave their houses, go on vacations. Do you guys have any plans this year to have any events or to go to any events, take part in any tournaments and and stuff like that? Um, right here in Switzerland, it's looking quite good at the moment. Um, everything is opening up again and just due to the vaccination, of course. Um, yeah. It's getting better now. 
I think like 50% or even more are vaccinated now here. Um, but in the UK, they opened it up a lot recently. Um, but yeah, it, there are some like mutations of the viruses going on. Yeah, so yeah. Happening there, but um, we have been invited to a tournament, um, I think like a week ago, um, which starts this weekend, yeah. And the finals are going to be on LAN. So if we get there, it's going to be the first LAN again, which is going to be quite important for us. So we can finally get team pictures and so on. Very nice. You, you said about the coronavirus situation. I called um, the Swiss embassy, like I think two months ago, because I wanted um, some information if it's possible for somebody from Poland to go into Switzerland. And basically... He said that it's very strict, and because Poland is a red country, even if you are vaccinated, you still have to quarantine for 14 days. And even then, for example, like you have to, like, it's only one or two people can come into the country. So you really are very strict, or you were very, very strict with people coming into the country. Is it still like that, do you think? I can't really judge that. I, I know. It's not that hard anymore to go out of it and to get back. Of course, like we have these lists with um, red list and whatever, where you have to go into quarantine once you come back. Um, but with like our neighboring countries, that isn't a problem anymore. Okay. But okay. I don't know if Poland is on that list there. But Poland's more... red listed. We can't. <laughs> we can't go there. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> Dude, when Steve, when you said that, uh, when you said that we that you called uh, that you called Switzerland, it's like hey, Switzerland has a phone number, you know. Um, <laughs> when you called the embassy uh, in, in in Switzerland and they told you that yeah, Poland's a red country, for some reason, like the the first thing that I thought of was like the Russian national anthem, just like <laughs> just like started playing in my head. <laughs> I was like, man, Putin's gonna hear this in a second, and uh, he's gonna and he's gonna take over. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, I think uh, you know, it's it's finally nice to see that you know, people, countries and stuff like that are all opening up. But you know, you gotta take like, you guys remember what happened last year when like the pandemic started in like March or whatever. Um, it was summertime happened. Everything opened up. People were sitting on the outside with no mask. And then what happened then? Wintertime happened. Boom. Everything's closed. Depression. Everything is locked down. Like, I don't know about Switzerland, but in Poland, last New Year's, um, they had they wanted to lock down the entire... Uh, I, I think it was only in our city. I don't know. I think it was in the, like, in the entire country. For New Year's Eve, they wanted to give a, to, to give a curfew. And you weren't able to go outside between a certain time, like in the at, in the morning, because you know it was New Year's Eve, so like people were were like you know partying until morning time. So they didn't want anybody to go outside, and um, people were pissed. They were like, "You can't take this is illegal. You know, you're taking away our rights. You know, and like for you know it, it's it's crazy because like." Some of the governments, right? I'm not like a politician or anything, but it just seems that they don't know how to handle some some situations. Is it 
Is it the same thing in like Switzerland? Like, do you feel like as like a per as an individual living in this country? Like, do you feel the repercussions of uh, of the decisions that your government is making for like regarding the pandemic? Like, or 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 is it a different story? I mean, obviously, like nobody was happy with the situation. Yeah, Not even the people that decided it. But I always put it as, like, I don't want to decide what to do with the whole country. So right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I I trust the people that decided it. And okay. those are generally more intelligent people and, like, better educated people right. in the field. So I don't know why I should, like, say anything against right. it. Of course, it sucks. I mean, it sucks for everybody. Yeah. So. I well, remember, since you're talking about Poland, yeah. Mike, I remember New Year's, uh, our local national channel, TVP, hosted a concert. And basically, in this concert, there were some musicians live on a stage, and people couldn't come in because it was lockdown. It was a uh, coronavirus. So what did they do? They hired the dancers to be in the audience to make it look like it's, like, you know, authentic. Wow, and they right. paid them like 200 waters or something, which is what, 50 euros for just sitting and dancing. And like the next day, they were like, oh, yeah, this concert was really successful. People had a good time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people did have a good time because you paid them. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know, man. It just seems like that, you know, they're like, they're trying to like make it seem like it's normal. You know, I hate it, dude. It's not normal. Like it's like what's happening now is not normal. Like me, you know, maybe it's going back to to normalcy, right? A little bit. Um, but it it you know it sort of I I learned a lot. I learned a lot from like the coronavirus. Um, you know, I I learned a lot about the things that I took for granted. You know, like going outside and then and like in the nice weather, and um, you know, talking with people because I think that was like the biggest thing you know that people had a problem with was just like the the disconnection between people right like we live in a day and age of like technology computers screens telephones and stuff like that where we're technically all connected right we're all connected like we're talking from two different countries right now right um but at the same time like you know i always say like technology is a is a double-edged sword right it um it, it it helps us stay it helps us stay connected but at the same time it sort of disconnects us as, as a human race right like it, we need that like face-to-face -face connection and um and it sucks you know but uh i'm i'm happy things are are going back to normal how they how they were and i hope it stays like that like you know, we we don't need another pandemic we're good for like 20 years you know <laughs> we're good till we're we're good till we're dead. How about that? Then it can happen. Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know there's also some pluses of coronavirus. Um, has there been any pluses in terms of your organization? Like because of coronavirus, you were able to train more, maybe recruit easier, or has it has it affected you in a positive way? Um, it actually has affected our team in a positive way because some people didn't have or couldn't go to work anymore, so they had more time to train with the whole team. So that was a big plus. You know, like, for example, on Twitch, uh, you'll watch like a small streamer and you'll see, for example, they started nine months ago, eight months ago, 10 months ago. And you ask them, okay, so what kind of got you into streaming? 
And they always say, because I lost my job. And because of coronavirus. And like they are doing something they really, really enjoyed that they wouldn't have done if it wasn't for coronavirus. So I know a lot, of, I know there's terrible, terrible negatives to coronavirus, but for some yeah. people, uh, for gamers, like it's also so many pluses. Hey, I mean, you know, gamers have been doing the like the social isolation thing for like since the beginning of time, so it didn't really change, right? So, <laughs> pretty much preparing for it. <laughs> yeah, we've been preparing for this moment all of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fabian, I wanted to ask you because I had a pretty awesome experience um, visiting an esports team before Corona time. Uh, and I went into like their office and I, and I saw that, you know, they, they probably had a lot of funding. They had a nice like training facility and stuff for their players. And, um, well, what really interested me actually is that they, they use like this, um, like this training software to like train your aim in the game where I don't know. It was like, I don't even know what it was called. I tried it and I sucked terribly at it, but excuse me. And, um, and I was wondering what kind of like, I mean, obviously maybe you don't have to tell us right, like your secrets, right. But uh, more or less, like what kind of like training methods do you guys use to like train your players? Right. Or do you just have this concept of just like smash your face into the keyboard, play for 16 hours a day and get good. Or is there some kind of like methodology behind it? Um, good question. Like, what I always tell them is like normalize it more as a chop, especially now it's getting towards more of a chop. So, like, nobody can productively work for 12 hours a day. Right. And so gamers can't do that either. So Very unhealthy. Like, Very yeah, unhealthy. <laughs> mostly that yeah 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 um so also like implement workouts like get fresh air and stuff that's so important and in the end in esports is the most important thing in my opinion is like the mental strength you'll have um like is it in clutches is it in like mindset is it whatever um that's always going to be key because that's going to give you the edge over your opponent. If you can stay positive, even though it's like a, a negative loss you take or whatever. Um, but I know like our ITL and um, our coach did a lot of demo re um, reviews, not like necessarily just play the game, but actually go and watch what can we do better? What, do others do better? What can we learn from them? What can we learn from top teams and stuff? So more of a strategical approach to the game instead of just like, I'm very good at it. I just go right. and click heads. Right, click heads. Steve's <laughs> been saying that lately. I don't, I don't understand. I thought it was like an English thing, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to also ask you, um, do do you believe that there's preparedness that needs to be done by an esports player outside of the game? I don't know, like eating a healthy diet, staying in shape. Um, I don't know, like things that you do outside of the actual tournament uh, arena game to help you prepare for what's ahead. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think physical exercise is quite important. I'm 
I don't think that that's like proven <laughs> scientifically because um, it helps your brain to just do better in the end to, to process more thoughts and stuff but um, eating healthy of course the same thing um, yeah and that's why top or like more and more top organizations hire health coaches and like trainers and stuff yeah that's what? it's really interesting okay sorry I'm just gonna finish my thoughts Steve yeah, then, yeah, no, okay. go ahead. Sorry. Um I, that's really interesting to me because uh as I mentioned I I did I did uh, visit that esports organization like before like uh, before corona time and it's like the amount of effort that they put into just like your diet physical like they had like a physical trainer a dietitian um there was one guy there that he lost like like 20 kilos over the course of a year cuz he was a pretty big guy and since he started playing in the team, they put him on a diet. They gave him like, um, like an like a coach, like an exercise coach, like a personal trainer. And the, he lost the weight, got healthier, and in turn, he played better. He played the game better, you know. And um, I think a lot of people actually start losing focus of that. They're just like, you know, I'm just gonna play the game for like a lot, and then I'm gonna win. Right. But then when it comes to like at a professional level, I think, like you said, there's a lot more things that you've got to do outside of playing the game in order to get good, as the kids say. Steve? Uh, I'm kind of, I know I shouldn't joke about this, but I'm kind of laughing. For example, if this guy walks into like a shop or something and some very attractive woman sees him and he's like in a very good condition and she's like, <laughs> Oh, so you go to the gym regularly? And he's like, no, no, no. I just play Counter-Strike. I, I just sit there, you know, eight hours a day. And she's like, what? You look so good for this. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a coach. He gives me salads and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's just something you wouldn't expect from a gamer, really, would you? Like a professional gamer. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I work out. It's like beating the stereotype, basically. Beats, exactly. beating, yeah, it's being the stereotype, yeah. and I and, and I think that's I think that's what it's coming. You know, obviously, you know, you have like your stereotypical gamers that you know eat junk food, don't do any exercise, and play video games all day, right? Uh, like me, for example. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, I try to stay. I'm on a diet currently, so I'm trying to stay healthy. Okay. Um, and, but then the we've come a long way when it comes to like the average gamer, right? There's a lot of people that are just like focused on staying healthy, eating healthy, and at the same time, enjoying themselves by playing the ga the, the games that they love, right? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, there's a lot of like YouTubers and streamers that focus that are like, for example, like I watch a lot of uh, World of Warcraft content and um, there's a lot of... Uh, like inf like streamers and YouTubers that focus, they're really good at the game. Like they play it at like a world level and they also focus on like physical health, you know, and they push physical activity on their following, right? So they could have healthy gamers, right? Because if you're a healthy gamer, then you're, then you're a good gamer, right? So it's, it's, we've come a really long way and it makes me happy like a clam um how do you feel about like energy drinks and like energy mm. like um powder so would your organization use this type of stuff like g fuel and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that 
sneak energy like how do you feel does this help in any way or do you kind of no you you need to get your energy from somewhere else drink water oh yeah <laughs> i like me personally i don't like it at all um i think you should get your energy mainly due to physical activities and drinking water and eating healthy if possible or like just eating good um I know. I mean, it's a huge, huge market for like all yep. these energies and stuff. So, I mean, it's so established established in gaming already. <laughs> I've never. You can't really do anything against it. What is G fuel? I mean, I see that shit everywhere, dude. Like, I don't understand. Like, what is it? Is it supposed? But is it? Is it? Because it's like focused on gaming. Right, it's like it's gamer fuel, right? That's why it's called G fuel, I think. Yeah. What is it supposed to do? It's like there's like no sugar drink. There's like no sugars added to it. There's nothing. It's supposed to be like a healthy, like a healthy thing to do while you're gaming. What is it? I don't know. Do you guys know? Because I have no idea. So, from what I know, basically it's like a powder you buy, with, yeah. which has caffeine inside. So you have to be drinking this very carefully. So don't go, you know. OTT on it um, and basically yeah, no sugar and you, you're supposed to drink two a day like maximum is two so you just have the powder you mix it with water you shake it and then that's your energy and it goes it's like a mental type of energy like you know what caffeine is like mm. um, so that's all it basically does I don't know man because they're like sponsoring streamers and I see them at esports events as, and like tournaments and like as sponsors and stuff I don't know. Do may I ask? Do you have any like merchandise, by the way, Fabian, or is that something in the future? We do, but not much. We've kind of rethought our approach to merchandise, and we're currently implementing that. We're but we're about to drop our new jersey for this season very soon. Do you have a link? We can plug it. Let's see it. I'll send it away. Okay. You seem you got him really red after he asked about this link. Is this something like really <laughs> embarrassing or something? Uh, no, but I don't maybe think it's, it's on our shop. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, okay. maybe I it's not ready. It's maybe it's not ready. Not quite Steve. ready. Yeah. Yeah. See. Okay. We'll wait till it's ready. We'll wait till it's ready. Gonna be worth it. It'll be worth it for sure. Uh, has uh, I assume it's gonna have the G two A logo on it. Of course. So where Where would it be? <laughs> Shoulders, arms, back, on the breast. Oh, oh where nice. the heart, where the heart is. G two A is love. Wait, heart, <laughs> heart's right here. Okay. Um. So, Fabian, you've been in this thing for three years. You've been you've been working on it. You've been you've been growing your organization. You've been planning. You know, you took a couple hits. Coronavirus bad players, you know, stuff like this. Um, how do you see the future of your organization? Like, where do you see... I know this is like a super, like a super, like, um, stereotypical question, super, like, you know, typical question, but, like, it's really interesting to see, like, how a person of an, like, an, of a, the owner of an organization views his business or organization. Like, where do you see UMX Gaming in... 10 years, 5 years, 50 years is do you guys want to be always focused on CS:GO? Do you want to try Valorant? Do you want to go into Dota? How is it looking? 
like our goal from the beginning has to be or has been to compete at the top um we never set a goal in which scene but just to be at the top and to be recognized right. by the big big esports scene um i do think we're gonna stay in csgo mainly because i have a lot of passion myself for the game um and i think it still has a great future even though it's very old already <laughs> but we also want to branch out into other esports title and try to get to the top there as well that's going to be that's going to be the short term goal definitely um and the long term goal is to be at the top in several esports titles so you Go ahead, you said that you said that CSGO is old, which I believe I think is like seven years old now, maybe a little bit older. CS seven? Source, something like this. It's not I thought it was like older seven than or... that. It's older, it's older. Is it older than seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. CSGO is like it's very old. It's very old, dude. <laughs> okay, so basically what I want to say is that CS 1.6 was competitive for a very long time. CS Source was competitive for a very long time. I think CSGO is going to be competitive mainly because of the skins and the market and the value of of this. I can't see Valve wanting to change this because it's working for them. They're making an absolute bomb with the the cases, the keys. So I don't think, you, you say it's old, but I still think that it's going to be around for at least another five plus years because of just how much money is raking in it. Definitely. Um, uh, how do you feel knowing that like, Valorant is like better than CS, <laughs> you know, because like, you know, it's got much better crosshairs. The system's easier, interface is easier. How, how does this make you feel? Like, oh God, um, I don't agree at all. <laughs> good, a good uh, answer. No, I, I played quite a lot of Valorant um, when it came out, um, and I enjoyed it initially, but like. The enjoyment fell off pretty quickly. I don't know why. It's just like all these abilities and these agents, and uh, not for me. Definitely Dude, not. For me. Valorant is like Overwatch mixed with CS:GO. Like that's yeah, exactly. like that's how I would compare it. You know, like I understand how why it's popular because it does have like that competitive you know aspect to it, right? You have to. You know, you can hear footsteps and, you know, I don't know. How is, like, the um, the a like with the aiming in Valorant, is it, like, similar to CSGO? Like, do you have to, like, crouch? Um, it's the same? Uh, okay. I would say, I would say Valorant is easier. No, no, no. I, actually, the opposite. <laughs> uh, the hitboxes in Valorant are to the point. Where CSGO, uh, the hitboxes are bigger. So, in Valorant, you have to be better player. <laughs> and you're not in your head, but you agree to it. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the facts show that like tier two CS players are now tier one Valorant players. So. <laughs> okay, but that that <laughs> may be because of like the abilities can change this. Whereas, for example, CS:GO. I agree. CSGO, you kind of have the same system. So, like, you can smoke short, you can smoke long, okay? And you pretty much get on the site. Whereas with Valorant, you can smoke it, you can flash. You, I, I know you can flash in CSGO, but it's a different type of flash. There's so many different abilities that you can get onto different sites. 
CSGO is technically like the same shit over and over again. Let's be honest. I agree, but I mean, still in CS, there's so much variance of what you can do. I mean, you know, Steve's talking from, you know, he's he's been playing at an extremely low level of uh, of CSGO. So, you know, it's like he's talking, you know, it's like you're here, Fabian, you know, like you're right here. He's talking like right here. So his opinion, it sort of just like doesn't matter. Right. No, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, it, it does matter. No, Steve, I'm sorry. It It, it does matter. But it only matters to the people that play it at the same level as you, because because uh, professional esports players, professional esports players, you know they don't think like a person that has a job, has a kids, and plays video games on the weekends when everyone's asleep, right? You know they they think in a completely different way. You know they have like strategies and then they've been playing the game for a very long time and they want to master it, right? They want to get as good as possible at it so they can win tournaments, win money, and then eventually, you know, buy a yacht with the money they made from 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 CSGO, right? Or whatever, or Valorant or whatever. So, um, you know. I, w I would just like to point out my, my highest rank was Eagle. So How high is that? I don't know. It's, I think, three off oh. global. It's yeah, what? Four it's four. Yeah. It's four up or from the bottom. I don't. Know. Four from the top. Yeah. Fourth from the top, and the f so. I know I know the I know the top one is Grandmaster, right? That's global the global elite. Global elite. Grandmaster yeah. is a different you, you game. You come in here trying to talk <laughs> Counter Strike. You're, you're not. It's not working, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm just trying. I mean, I, you know, I I looked up I looked up the uh, the rankings for CS:GO and um, Global Elite is like what top one, like less than one percent of players, or is that like even more? I think it's more top like five percent. Now it's way more because there's nothing to go further, and like you only de rank if you don't play anymore or if you're bad. But... Oh, okay. Um, that usually don't happens when you're there. Um, but I I'd not say that like global offensive are the best players. That's why you have these like secondary ranking systems for face it, where it right. then you have level tens and level nines and stuff that then actually are the best. But still, the skill gap in level ten, like the actual best um, level on face it, there's still such a huge skill gap from the best to the worst level tens. Um, it's it's always hard with these rankings. So. I remember, and it, it's it's always going to stay in my head. Four years ago, the Valve basically kind of wiped out a lot of accounts because there was a lot of hackers, and in doing so, they kind of excuse my bad language. They fucked up the rankings. So like people who were eagle were jumping to global elite very very fast. So you had this huge amount of people in global elite who didn't really belong there. And this stayed for about, I think, three or four months until it kind of got fixed. But it was just so funny that so many people were like, oh, yeah, I'm global elite now. I'm pro. I'm going all the way. <laughs> and they got there because Valve basically fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you, I Fabian? Remember... What's your rank? At the moment, I'm supreme. And I think level six on Facer. Is that better than Steve? Only two. Uh, it's, yeah. Okay. It's the second highest in the... Okay, but in order to get, like, let's say you wanted to jump from Steve's rank to your rank, how long or how many 
games do you have to win to get to that rank? Depends, but Depends. Are you, if you if best case you win eight in a row and then you're you're there. Is that possible? At that no. rank, it's not possible to win that money at like in a row. Eight in a row if you're playing with randoms. No, no, definitely not with randoms. But <laughs> if you're in a five stack, could be possible. Yeah. Okay. It depends. I mean, as you know, there's a lot of Russians that play Counter Strike. Why is that? Why is that a thing? Why is like is that why Tuka Tsikablet came from the CS:GO? That uh, was more Dota. That it started in Dota. I thought it started in CS:GO. I thought it was like a. Why are Russians playing CS:GO? Is it because this was like a? It was a meme, right? I mean, it still sort of is a meme. Um, that what are you what are you waving at me for, Steve? Uh, war, no War Reapers. It came. Oh, out okay. Like hey, Reaper, hey right? what's up, War Reaper? How you doing? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Does anybody have the answer to that? I mean, is it because maybe there are specific places that are in in the game that are in Russia? Is that a possibility? I think it's the cheap price, and you don't really need a hard end computer to, to play it. And in Russia, True. you know, most people don't have you know high end computers. So yeah, maybe I mean yeah, because you know, like I, I I would I think you know I mean I'm pretty sure in like the big cities, right? It, it, like people probably do, but in like you know you go to the farmlands and stuff, you know, it's probably not as possible. So what I heard, I don't know if it's true, is that like for example, only two cities in Russia have like the uh, the salary is decent. Everywhere else, it's basically you're like struggling. Yeah. So. That's why I think a lot of uh, Russians play Dota because it's free to play. You don't really need a high-end computer. Same with CS:GO, it's free to play. You don't need a high-end computer. So I think that's why they're just you know in it. Yeah, it's it's more accessible, right? Mm -hmm. For for people, I think not only in Russia though. I mean, like Russia, there's a lot of people living in Russia, so I, I think that's why like the stereotype comes from right. And whenever you go on the like, I've seen a lot of videos of like Russian people. Um, being in matches with people that didn't like them for whatever reason, and uh, shit just hit the fan. Um, but I want—I wanted but, to go. Go ahead, Steve. I was actually going to ask Fabian: Is there still this like bad feeling of Polish people in groups? Because there's a lot of Polish people. Polish and of people. Course, we are... like to use the Polish <laughs> people like to use the K word uh, very often. <laughs> so he's smiling because this... he knows. Yeah, everybody knows this word. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't think I've had any Polish people recently in my teams. Don't don't recruit them, dude. <laughs> if unless they're like you know Pasha biceps, like really good, like from Virtus Pro or something like that, then okay. Otherwise, that don't do it, you know. And that's coming from a Polish person, so. <laughs> Um, I wanted to go back a little bit because uh, Steve was talking about how CS:GO got hacked and stuff like that, and people were getting ranks that they shouldn't have been uh, been getting. Um, before we started the podcast, we were talking about how you had that awesome skin, and then your account got hacked. How did that happen? Um, yeah, I think like two months. No, it's probably more like five months ago. There was a bug in the Steam API, and okay. like. A lot of accounts get hacked, even like um, pro players with inventories worth 20k or more, just like wow. got hacked. Yeah, they buy 
past the Steam Authenticator and stuff. And Damn. Yeah, uh, happened to me as well. 1k worth of skins just gone. Just gone? And what did but like what did they sell it and then they took the money out or did they take the skins like do they trade them themselves the skins so they can have it or Yeah, they just traded it to a different account. Man, and what's what's Steam's policy on that? The I wrote to support, they can't do anything about it. Um at least I got my account back. They reset my password and now I Still have my account, but all the skins are gone. Have you guys noticed? I'm gonna complain about Steam a little bit, okay? Have you guys noticed that Steam hasn't changed its look for like at least like 20 years? It's still like the same Steam, more or less, that has been since like Half Life 2. You know, like they they didn't really have any innovation, like because. We, I think the reason is because they were the number one store for a very long time, right? They don't have any competition. So if they don't have any competition, why the hell would they want to change the way they look, the way they operate? Because they're number one, right? Who's going who's gonna to compete with them? And I think part of the reason why maybe your account got hacked, you know, uh, uh, people, other esports players got hacked is probably because, you know, their systems aren't that maybe up to date. Right, they're not that as secure as some of the modern systems are. Because how is it possible that Steam can get hacked? The best or one of the most popular, widely known stores, widely known stores in the gaming world gets freaking hacked like that, and people just lose a lot of money. Like it's unheard of, right? That like that shit like that just doesn't happen. But with Steam, it happened. And I think it's the reason because they're I think they're outdated, dude. I honestly think Steam is the boomer platform. It's the boomer um, platform. I'm probably gonna blow your mind here, Mike. And blow me tell mind. you that this blow me bug, mind. Yes. This bug that Fabian had has been in the system uh, almost since the beginning of Steam. They knew about it and they couldn't fix it. Dude, that is uh, pathetic. They only recent they only Shame. fixed it two months ago. Wow. It, yeah. It, this was like in some articles. They basically knew about it apparently and they didn't do anything. So. Dude, that's pathetic, dude. Honestly. Like, what are they doing? Right? Like, what? why? Why are they not doing? When are we going to get a Half-Life 3? You know, those are the questions that I have. <laughs> right? Like. Okay. Here's a. Here, I'm going to count. I'm going to ask you a question, Mike. Okay. Yeah, ask so, me a question. Battle.net changed uh, about a month ago with a yes. completely new overlay. What yes. do you feel about it? Uh, here, let me open it. Let me see. You know yeah. what the, the main or the general action was? It's terrible. I don't, I don't mind. I think it's okay. I'm used to it already. Why is it bad? I mean, what's so bad about it? I mean, like, the only thing that they did really was, like, they... They put like the games that you have on top of on like the little top bar instead of on the side how it was before. Like well, that's the only major difference I see. I was like, oh look, they put the games up instead of on to the left. Great change, boys. I mean, it looks like a it looks like more modern, but why do people hate it? Do you hate it? Yeah, I don't like the look of it. Why? This, the friends list is also built into the overlay. Now. It is. It is. And that's, I think, which is something I don't like. 
But you um, could hide it. You could hide it, but I, I'm just I'm kind of just like showing you that, for example, why change something that works and people are used true. to? True, true, very true. So, like, if imagine Steam like change something, uh, something big, and people are like, "Oh my God, Steam changed something. This is fucking shit. I'm never coming back to it," because people don't like change. So, yeah, but I mean, you always have this problem. Oh, also in like game development and like any platform you you provide for any customers they never like change but usually when you do the change it's, there's a lot of fuss about it and then it just it's, it's accepted again. exactly yeah, yeah. i think I, they're I, I think they're just afraid of that initial backlash they're like oh shit they changed i'm going to i'm going to write an angry tweet steam sucks you know like i'm going I, to I, epic games i'm going to go to epic games you know like stuff like that um but I think you know changes I personally think change is good man I don't know Fabian I'm I'm sure you think the same way cuz yeah. cuz if you didn't think change was good then I don't think you would make an esports work man <laughs> Isn't it kind of hard to decide okay we need to remove a player to get a better player in that position like have you had to like go to someone and say I'm sorry but like Donald Trump you're fired <laughs> oh, um... Yeah <laughs> not to a player in particular of a team like my um responsibility is more like fire a whole team if that makes oh, sense shit. oh shit <laughs> <wow>. okay okay because <laughs> no, no. i mean i i'm not um responsible for like what's going on in the team responsible is a bad word but like I, I don't want to like change anything that's going on in the team or decide anything that's going on in the team just because I think it's not good. That has to be a team effort and a team decision if a player needs to get changed or whatever. Right. Um. And yeah, mainly that's our captain that does these decision. Of course, we talk a lot of, about it, but I myself didn't have to go to a player and tell him. You're you're not gonna be here anymore. <laughs> I mean, I I can imagine that's that's. I mean, either way, that's probably like a a difficult thing to do, right? Like, hey, uh, you know, you you sort of suck, so uh, you gotta go. <laughs> you know, probably saying it, uh, saying it in a more you know professional manner, but um, so yeah, you I mean, so you have people that like. Like you have like people like helping you, right? Making these teams and organizing like events and stuff like that, right? Yes. How, well, how many people are kind of like in the management? Yeah, of the that was my next question. Um, we are four people in the management. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Is there any females by any chance? <laughs> Not anymore. Why, Steve? Are you trying to get into UMX gaming or something? Do you want me yeah, to tell just tell me. I, I'm, I'm a good to... player. Just sign me up for Valorant. <laughs> Actually, Steve, I think you are pretty decent in Valorant because uh, I saw because Steve streams at night and um and I sometimes I watch when I'm playing WoW and you know it's like three in the morning. Steve's playing Valorant on the G2A channel. I'm just like Jesus, go to sleep, dude. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know. And uh, there's some, there's, it's always, Steve, you always have the same title, bald guy clicking heads. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why change something that works? Hey, no, no, nobody likes change. 
That's true. And going back, nobody likes change. So if if, if something works, then uh, then it works, right? There's a comment there by War Reaper and Epic Game. Epic has uh, good free games. I don't know about you guys, but do you all just have Epic Games just to go on Friday, pick up that free game, and then basically sign out and just no go go in there for a week? Is that what you guys do as well? I mean. I think that's what uh, the majority of gamers do. Like, do you remember when GTA Five was for free on Epic? Jesus Christ, dude, the thing blew up. It, and it also does depend on the game. Yeah, exactly. You know. But basically, I'm going every Friday. Just go there, click it. Like, say, yeah, okay, I accept the um, the conditions, blah blah blah. I have it in my list. I never install it, so it's just in my folder, you know, in my library. And then next Friday, I do exactly the same again. So I'm getting all these games, not playing them, not even installing them, and just yeah, that, that's basically what my Epic account is like. Steve, How you... is Epic gaining from this? <laughs> Steve, do you remember when uh, when you wrote to me? <laughs> do you remember when you were like, "Dude, Mike, NBA 2K21 is for free on Epic." I'm like, "Dude, imagine playing a basketball game in 2021." <laughs> I mean, like, who cares, dude? Like, <laughs> who cares? I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's people that care about sports games, right? I mean, there's people that care about FIFA, dude. I think all sports games they have like the the same like formula. It's the same game for every sports game every single year with slightly updated graphics, and um, with the with the recent NBA game, uh, NBA game that came out, what they have unskippable commercials inside of the game that you have to watch with slot machines and this is the genesis of gaming in 2021 dude like come on Ugh. yeah yeah uh fabian sorry for yelling man sorry i'm, I'm just very passionate i'm just very passionate sometimes <laughs> about some things um, do you remember like a few days ago when uh there was news that ea source code for fifa has been um hacked and some hackers basically have the source code for FIFA. If you went into the comments, it's just all like, it's the same game every year. Do they really Who need cares, to dude? <laughs> like, yeah. Who cares? It's the same shit. Didn't, didn't CD Projekt Red also get hacked? They, like, they got their source yeah. code hacked? CD Projekt Red did, right? And you know what, they, and, and you know what CD Projekt Red did after that? I, I think, I don't know how the solution came about after CD Projekt Red got hacked. Hacked. I don't know how that whole situation ended, but I know that after it ended, CD Projekt actually started to sell their source code for $10,000. If someone wanted to buy it, they could they could sell it to them. And I don't think I think they're like the first company in the world to do that shit, dude, cuz I mean, the, like it got leaked anyway, right? The source code, it got hacked, so why not Isn't sell that it? <laughs> Isn't that kind of like essentially the same? Let's say, for example, somebody got hold of my nudes and started selling my nudes. <laughs> I would basically just go and sell my nudes so I get money for it. Might as well, dude. But, you know, GDPR, you might as well just make some money off it or something. You know, sign a contract yeah. and OnlyFans.com, Steve Jones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. So... Fabian, do you play any games? I'm, I I don't know. You probably you probably don't have a lot of spare time being in an an organization owner, right? And I think that's a good thing, right? Cuz you get to be, like be busy. You know, you're planning your future. Steve's drinking beer on stream. 
Um, good job, Steve. Sending a nice it's example. It's not beer, actually. I'm just it's kidding. An energy drink. <laughs> okay. We were just talking about healthy gamers, Steve. What I didn't happened? Ask... Wait, no. I didn't <laughs> ask you for your help on this. I, I, I'm going to keep drinking my energy drinks. We were so... <laughs> Okay. Um, so, so you're probably a very busy man. What does a day in a life look like for Fabian? Like how? Like what? What happens? You you know you wake up, you drink some coffee. I don't know. You open up OnlyFans. I don't know. What do you do, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, we are still quite small, so yeah. I can't make a living off it. So I still have to work. Or it's it's not a have to for me because I mm -hmm. quite enjoy my work. I'm a software engineer here at the leading source oh, bank. Nice. Um, and yeah, I go to work, um, do some programming, then come home, try to do some exercise. Well, when I am motivated for right, it, right. <laughs> at the moment I'm very, but it's hot in this in this <laughs> weather. Um, and then it's just preparing for matches, preparing content, um, which is the most um, time-consuming thing. Um, yeah, seeing that everybody's happy. Right. Do you watch replays? But personally, as like somebody high up in the organization. No, I don't. Uh, I only do if I miss miss a game. But I, I mean, I'm still too bad at the game in comparison to the players to give them any advice. So there is no point. <laughs> Did you ever Very think about? <laughs> did you ever think I, about um, trying? Like, do you guys have a coach, or do you are you thinking about getting a coach, or how does that look like? Oh, that's better. Sorry. Um, we did have a coach till recently. Um, he had to quit due to um IRL issues. Right. Um, and we're thinking about replacing him, obviously, because I've always been a fan of like the thought of a coach within a team. Because yeah. from day one, our goal was to, for the players to only focus on the game and nothing else. And so we have to coach or team manager or whatever, taking everything else away from them, like searching for tournaments and organizing practice, uh, practices and stuff. So I think it's quite an important element within a team in any esports. Yeah, I don't think it's that uh it's that common, right, for esports teams to have a coach. Like because it's hard to like find a player, right? I mean, this is just like from my perspective, like correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but it's hard to find a player that has been playing a game at a very at a very high level and is willing to teach people like how to be better right at the game um i don't know like are coaches common in esports for esports organizations is that a thing or is it becoming the new thing i mean in the top of esports in every game there are coaches right uh, that's just a fact and okay. even in tier two now there are more and more coaches um and i like i don't think coaches need to be or no coaches aren't better than the players obviously at the game or whatever um 
in my opinion, the coach has to give the framework for the players to get better. Mm. And just like like I said, to do all the stuff they shouldn't have to worry about. Um, okay. But yeah, with that, it's a very important position. So, uh, ba- go ahead, Steve. It's just, since we're on this topic about coaches, um, in Dota, for example, uh, I'll try and make this very, very brief. There's a team called uh, OG, I think it is, okay? And they had a coach in their their team, I think in 2017. It was a guy called Seb. Uh, They didn't win the international that year. But Seb then went started to play in the team as a coach as well. And in 2019, 2020, he was a player slash coach. They won the international two times in a row. Uh, and the fact that he, as a coach, like he was training for a long time, he was teaching, and the fact he was able to play and coach at the same time is something incredible for me. Like he's—I yeah. I don't know how he did it, but the fact that like he was a very good coach. So if somebody had like a moment where they lost a round, he said, "Everybody, let's get the fuck outside. We're gonna have a huddle. We're gonna like talk about it." He was amazing. Uh, and I think like the fact that teams, I think teams need a coach, uh, not just for the, like the moments where people are down, they need like reassurance, but the fact that they need somebody to say, okay, this plays better than this. We need to go A instead of B. Like that opera is on mid, let's go B. So personally, I think that coaches are like hugely important when it comes to esports. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you agree, but this is my, my take of it. I think, I think they're super important. And just like the fact on just like motivating the players, right? Like they just want to, you know, because, you know, when you're like playing a game and you lose, you sort of swallow the loss and you and you just go on, right? And then, but like if you keep losing, your self-confidence just sort of lowers, right? Because you keep losing, you keep getting wrecked, right? And um, if, I think because, you know, when I was younger, I played like sports, right? Imagine that, right? Me playing sports. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I played sports and I had some coaches and they were mostly there just to like, you know, tell us what we were doing wrong and how we could improve. But it, but most of the, most of the time uh, motivate us to keep going. Right. As the famous saying uh, from Rocky Balboa goes. It doesn't matter how hard you can hit. It matters how hard you can get hit, get back up and keep going, right? And I think the same goes for uh, esports. Fabian? 100%, yeah. Completely agree. Do you want to be a coach one day? Or do you not think you're good enough? <laughs> I think I'd be a decent coach, mainly due to the fact that I want to give them a framework to get better and i'm quite a positive person so i try to hype them up and actually like if there's bad stuff happening get them look at the bright side right but i think i can like these advantages i can give them in my position at the moment as well so (laughs) right we are better off with an actual coach that's good at the game being a coach also means, for example, every game you need to watch the like the opposition, like before their recently page matches, and basically make notes on every single game. Okay, he plays there, he plays there, he smokes here. So 
there is so much time you have to put in watching games, not just by speaking to your team, playing with your team, but by getting so many research notes on everything else. So do you personally have the time to devote, you know, just for all this? No, never. But um, that, like what you said, it's, it's called demo review in Cisco. Um, that's not only the coach's part. I mean, it's very, very important for the players to do that as well, especially for like the in-game leaders, but also for each individual players to actually prepare for their role. It's like if you're in a football game and you know you're going to play, don't know, left wing, then you're going to study how the left back is going to play in that match or whatever. Um, you just each individual needs to prepare as much as possible for for the opposition. Can't imagine like normal footballers. Like obviously the better footballers, like Ronaldo, will probably take some time to to watch yeah. this. But I can't imagine like every footballer wanting to watch replays of other games and saying, "Okay, this guy plays like this." So I'm just trying to imagine like, would every single CS player in a team want to do exactly the same? They don't want to, but they should. <laughs> yeah, so I thought they'd uh, want to play. Always. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no, of course, yeah, they want to play. But I mean, once they notice that they're actually getting better through it, they see a reason for it and they're gonna do it. Because every competitive CS player or any competitive player wants to get better. So, um, so you helps do. Them, yeah. Do you do this, Mike, with World of Warcraft? Because, you know, you, you raid, you, you do high-level stuff. So do you kind of watch professionals and you kind of pick up points? Or do you just kind of wing it and just play like you want to do? I mean, for the most part, I... Um, like, let's say I'm going I'm, I'm going to try some hard content for the first time, right? Um, then what I, what I usually do, I would just, like, read up on it a little bit. I would watch a few videos here and there. But I wouldn't really focus on them as much because... I'm a really like uh, I'm like a hands-on type of guy, you know. I like to I learn things as I'm doing them, right? And that's not only in the game; it's like in real life at my job, for example. Like also, right? Like you can theorize with me all you want, like you can explain it A to Z, and I will nod my head and I will say, "Okay, thanks for explaining." But until I actually do it, I won't learn it. Right. Like that's just the type of person that I am. Right. I need to make mistakes. I need to, you know, learn from those mistakes and then I need to get better and not make those mistakes again. And um, like at least that's like the, the type of approach that I have for World of Warcraft. Like, you know, obviously I'm not like any type of, um, you know, world top tier world player or anything. But I don't know why. But for some reason, I try hard at that game. I don't know. I just I don't I don't know. Uh, I just want to do. I just want to do the best damage. I want to clear the hardest raids, and I just want. I don't know bragging rights. I guess I don't know. It doesn't really matter in real life, but um, I think uh, I think that's a lot of. Uh, I think that's a. That's how a lot of esports players learn. It's just like the hands-on approach, right? Like you, you, you learn your you you learn from your opponent by actually playing against them, right? Like that's that's the best way to learn, right? And then when you go back. And you realize, and you go back and you watch, like, oh man, he killed me, you know, because I didn't see him there or something. Then, then that's the moment where you can actually like train when you have that like um, hindsight, 
right? That you could look back and, and focus on what to do better, stuff like that. So at the same time, uh, I, I agree with what you say, uh, but I found that I watch a Valorant player. He's a professional Valorant player, okay? He t explained stuff that I wouldn't think of. Like, for example, he told me that the Vandal, for example, the reload time, the exact time. So it's, he said, I don't know, 2.79 seconds. So, and he explained why that uh, is important because let's say you want to switch gun and switching the gun is probably like 3.1 seconds. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is like mass in my head. Why do I need to know this? But like, it makes so much sense. And just watching him, and for example, he smokes in this position and explains, okay, if you, for example, smoke here when they're diffusing, they're not, they're not going to be able to diffuse it. You can just run away. Plays like this, I would never even learn, even if I'm playing like a thousand games. So, okay, I understand that the more you play, the better you'll get. But I just think there's so much you can learn just from like watching like others and like um, making notes. That's my, my personal opinion when it comes to like Valorant, for example. I mean, in the end, I think you can get to the same result with both ways, but learning it hands-on and just having to make each mistake your own just will take way, way, way longer than have being able to learn from others that already made the mistakes, so you don't have to do it. And in the end, especially like in pro esports, it's all about efficiency. And that's also why like teams review each other's demos and steal stuff and strats and whatever. Because yeah, you don't always have the time or the resources to come up with your own stuff. It's crazy the like the strategies you learn. Like for example, let's say you're playing for example on Dust Two in CS, right? Somebody could call out, okay, smoke at like on like ten seconds in the match, and then when somebody says that. Then, for example, two people need to go short and they need to, for example, flash mid. This is like simple instructions, but there can be so many in-depth ones. Like, for example, throw a Molotov from this corner and it'll hit this corner. And like, how do people remember everything? Because like, you have to be exact, like throwing from one position so it hits a wall and goes onto A. How do, how do people have the time just like remember everything? They have to. <laughs> Because it's not it's not one map. Like no, no. I, I explained Dust too, but there's like for example Cash and Mirage, Train, Nuke. There's shit on the map, and they have to remember each play at exactly each time, each like for example strat. You know, for example, the first map, first round, you could go three long, two short, but the, for the second one, your common would be rush B. And again, in each map, you have to remember everything. Okay, this map we need to rush B at this round. It's just incredible how much information yeah. people absorb. But that's exactly coming back to it. That's exactly why CS and it's the same in Valorant. Like never gets boring because it's so so much you can do, and you. I mean, you can never remember every strat on every map. That's why even the best teams have weak maps because they need to focus on their good ones, or they focused a lot on their good ones and had huge strats on their. Um, yeah, there's a lot and of do, variants. And does your team only focus like like hugely on one map, or would you try and have like even it out? So okay, you're good at dust two, you're good at train, you're good at nuke. Um, I mean, you can, you never can only focus on one map. Of course, um, we have our best maps, we have our good maps, we have our very bad maps that we don't even play in scrims and stuff that we just insta ban 
everywhere like it does too because <laughs> we never even play them in like parks and stuff but um we focused a lot mid last season on vertigo and it got very good same as nuke which got very good as well um yeah and then you just like have to go with the meta as well now we have a new map in the map pool a ancient um so you have to prepare for that as well because it removes one of our best better maps which was train so we kind of have to either have another map in the map pool which we're gonna get good at or we get good at a ancient which looks pretty good at the moment we just had a game on ancient yesterday and won 16-4 i'm very, very nice congratulations uh aren't you supposed to ban the the maps that the opposition would be good at rather than the maps that you're not good at i mean it matters it's always it matters on the opposition like sometimes like it matters if they are it's hard to explain but like if you if you have no idea on the map it, there's no point on playing it um like if you for example if we take dust 2 we will never win a map on dust 2 against a decent team if they prepared like even a little for it but like on inferno which still isn't a good map for us and they are really good at it um we have a better chance on inferno um than on dust 2 so we don't ban their best map, but our worst map, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain. Yeah, no, but... that makes that makes perfect sense. Because, well, I mean, one... even... No, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I, I'm so sorry that I keep cutting you off my character. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let's just say, for example, you're playing me, my team. Let's say Big Sexy Group. The Bald That's Boys. Team, okay? The Bald yeah. Boys. All, okay, the Bald Boys. There you go. Uh, you're playing the Bald Boys, okay? You know that we are very good at Nuke and Mirage, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, we're very good at it. But you're very weak on Dust and Train, for example, okay? Now, do you ban based on the maps that you know we're good at, or do you just ban the group, the maps that you know you're bad at? Um, we'd rather... I think, in general, you'd rather ban the maps that you're bad at. Because... And kind of risk going against them on their strongest maps. Yeah, but I mean, the, the map pool is limited. So you have, I think, seven maps in the map pool. So um, you, if you only are good on one map, it's never going to work. You, know, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> you just lose every meter <laughs> if they ban this map. You, you need to have like three or four maps you're preparing for and being decent at in a best of three. I, in a best of one, it's even less. But, um, so you, you never really get into this situation because on your like if you have two good maps we're likely good on one of these maps as well um, and have some strats you won't expect or whatever so we'd rather have the ones we're really bad and didn't prepare for out plus the opposition wants to ban anything as well so or something as well but there's a lot of logic in the videos um, before matches and you can fuck them up pretty hard <laughs> which happened to us uh sometimes and but also like it we had an advantage um 
Gucci DeVito as well. But the, it's it's another aspect of CS. I remember uh, you mentioned earlier that um, that you like learn the other team's like strategy. I don't know. You sort of take you. I don't know. Steal their strategy. You take their strategy. Is that a normal thing? Like in the in like in like CS:GO? Because I mean, like a lot of like top CS:GO players, like they usually stream, right? And they usually stream their gameplay. And you know, and in their chat, there all there could always be like the, like the 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 enemy, right? Like the the opposition could be there, and they could learn the way that they play, and then you sort of go back and you're like, hey guys, you know, I saw X and Y play, and he was doing this crazy strat where he was doing a flip flop on a bing bong, and then you're just like, damn, I want to do a flip flop on a bing bong too, and then. uh and then is that how that works or sorry for my very childish explanation, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it obviously happens a lot. Cause okay. why should I do something that works for you? Right. If it then also works for me, right. but um, if like, let's take simpler, whoever streams on his own time, not cracking with his team, um, it's very unlikely that he then uses like the secret best strat with his team because in the end yes it's a team sport right and you you won't be able to execute these strats with a random five stack on face it or whatever um but if you then like in a major or whatever execute the strats it's very likely that a team or another pro team uses that somewhere in another match even against you because okay. it just works <laughs> I'm just thinking, let's say, okay, so I'm a, I'm a pro Valorant player. That's just all I admit this right now. Okay. <laughs> so I tend to play with four other people in a team when I'm streaming, uh, because I just find it more enjoyable. But when, for example, I'm streaming, I'm not with these four people. I tend to do stuff and play heroes. I play different positions just for the sake that, okay, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. So I think in most most people like these pro players they'll probably play positions they don't usually play because they're not with this team right yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah so it's like very hard to flip-flop on a bing bong <laughs> and you know write it down because you know he's flip-flop on a bing bong playing with randoms he might yeah. not do it with his team true he definitely want to you do it because <laughs> it wouldn't be effective against an actual right. team on the opposite uh it's it's sort of interesting you know like esports and like how people learn tactics um because like in because like uh, like you like i've mentioned before like i'm a big like wow guy I, i've been playing the game for a very long time and um you know in world of warcraft a, a new type of um i guess you could call it an esport i don't know it's um it's the race to world first. So basically the top like 10 guilds in the entire world, they race to see who could finish the, 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 the newest raid on the hardest difficulty, who can do it first. Hence the name. And, um, a lot of, and you know, this race has been going on for a very long time, but since re since the last expansion, it's just started to become like a public event because they started to stream it and why is this significant it's significant because the people that are doing these bosses that are doing these bosses on the hardest difficulty 
are one of the first people in the world to actually try and kill them. So the tactics that they actually make are the first time that anyone has ever thought of them. And then it sort of just like trickles down into the rest of the gaming community where everyone else uses them, right? And um, it's crazy to think because, um, you know, you see them do these tactics like live and, you know, you watch them wipe and you watch them die 100 times, 200 times, 350 times in a row until they actually finally kill it. And going back to sort of cheat, cheat I, I wouldn't say it's cheating. I would say it's, it's tactically borrowing, um, <laughs> tactically borrowing <laughs> tactics from, from your opponent uh, in order to gain an advantage. And people have been, you know, um, it's the person that's in first place in this race to world first is sort of at a disadvantage in the sense that anybody can come to their stream. Let's say the guild that's in second or third place can come to their stream that are streaming because it's a public event um, and they could see what they're doing. They don't they can't necessarily hear what they're doing because they're also on voice communication and stuff like that. And they could and they could take their whatever they're using to get an advantage like, oh, hey, they're making progress using this tactic. So let's try that. And then maybe we'll get advan uh, an advantage. So I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing to just like use your opponent's tactics against them to gain an advantage. Right. I mean, everyone has like their own like everyone has that mindset of winning. Right. Everyone wants to win. Right. So I just think I it, it, it comes with the territory. I think with WoW, let's say you let's say you're watching, for example, a priest play yeah. in this world first, okay? In WoW, I think if one or two people in the raid let you down, it's pretty much like gonna be a wipe. So like I think it all depends just on how the synergy is and the communication and everyone has to play their part. Yeah. So even if you do steal these like um these points right. uh, and you implement them. I don't think it matters so much because the team has to be together, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, in the end, like, WoW is also a team game, right? I mean, you know, instead of uh, five people in a group, you have 20, right? And you have to ha have a, a coordinated group of 20 people to do some of the hardest mythic, uh, like, mechanics uh, in gaming, honestly. I don't think any... I, I think, like, this is, like, the reason why WoW is so popular because of, like, the mechanics of the bosses that they implement, right, are just good, right? It's it's just a very good uh, thing, and um, and that's why I think people, they like the, the, like the challenge because it's, like, solving a puzzle, right? It's, like, sort of solving a puzzle, like, you're trying to figure out, like, what, um, what to do next, right? And I think it's the same thing in esports, right? Like, in, in general, right? Like... Your opponent is your puzzle. You're trying to figure out. It's like chess sort of also, right? It's like who's going to get checkmate, right? You're both like, let's say there's both really good teams that go up against each other. And they're both very skilled and very, you know, pro. And these matches, they go on forever because they keep like canceling themselves out like like they win one match the other the other team win win wins one match and their strategies they keep like sort of colliding with each other until one eventually sort of just wins the better team right so what 
what I might say, which could be debatable for you, Fabian, is that, for example, World of Warcraft, if one or two people let it down, uh, there's going to be some. There's going to be a wipe, okay? But in Counter Strike, if you have one person that lets you down, I don't think it's a huge issue because one person can carry. So let's say, for example, I'm in your team. I'm bottom fragging. You could be, for example, thirty bombing, and it kind of evens out in some way. Would you agree with that, or would you say, okay, if there's a weak link, no, it's going to punish you? Um, I think it's going to punish you in the long term, but. I agree, and that's kind of the exciting part of CS, that obviously, like, even uh, 1v5 is possible. <laughs> and that's where, like, the hype comes from in, like, lands, and that's, like, the exciting part of it. But it's, like, you're never going to win every 1v5. But if everything works out and you are actually better than the opposition, you're going to win most of the um five v five so whatever. So um I do agree and I think probably in Vow I, I'm not deep into it. I just have a few friends that also rage and stuff, but um like hearing from that if one fucks up like one yeah. try, it's 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 just over. So yeah. You don't have the chance to come back due to individual skill. Yeah, I mean I think clutch matches I mean, I'm not, I don't really, I've been to a few actually esports events uh, for CSGO. Um, I've been to a few. And um, like, I'm not really like that big of a fan, but sometimes I'll watch it and it's really exciting. Like, some of the, like you said, like the clutches, like if there's like a 2v5 or a 1v4 or so, or like even a 1v3, you know, like clutch matches are really insanely exciting especially if you know like more or less like like what's going on like if i showed my mom like mom yo watch this 1v3 on the csgo match she's gonna be like i don't understand what's happening but <laughs> uh, but but if like you know for me or like steve or you fabian if we saw like a 1v3 or 1v4 go down we would be like that was amazing holy shit and um and i think that's what really the viewers of such matches can't wait to like see right they want to see like that 1v4 clutch right they want to see like that guy that just because i think for the most part i think it has to do a lot with luck i mean it does have to do with skill don't get me wrong it, it is very very well uh mostly skill based but when you're going up against four people and it's just you i mean there's got to be like at least a little bit of luck involved right I mean, there must be, because else, if it's only skill, one can master it and wins every one before yeah. clutch or whatever. But exactly. that's never going to happen, because in a pro environment, the opposition is um, is doing the same work or as much work as you do in order to, like, don't let you clutch, say. So. Right, right. <laughs> and they just have the demand advantage. And if they decide to push together or whatever, they, you can't do anything. Exactly. But I, I kind of noticed the team that has the most people, there's this type of cockiness and laziness about them. So, for example, they will go in solo, one at a time. Or, for example, the, the bombs, for example, in B, and they rush you A, and you'll just go around to B and plant the bomb. So a lot of this has to do with the mentality of the team that's up in front. And most okay. of the time, it, it's basically them fucking up rather than the, the, the person on your team clutching in some sort of way. 
I agree. Yeah, you you wouldn't clutch if the other team plays perfect. Yes, it's just not possible because then they wouldn't peak one by one or whatever. But yeah, mm -hmm. it also if there wasn't individual error in CS, it wouldn't be as exciting. True. You know, uh, a very good esport to watch, and it's probably my favorite to watch, and I don't know why, even to this day, is PUBG. The competitive mm. scene yeah. in PUBG is amazing yeah. to watch, and I don't know why. Like, I agree. I, could... I agree. I think. I, what is it? I think I it's. Know. I think it's honestly. I think it's because of the way the the maps are structured. It's just huge. There, there's no buildings. I mean, there is buildings, right? But it's not like. It's not so. Um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Where you don't like tight spaces. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, claustrophobic 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 yeah it's not so claustrophobic right it's open right you have hills trees you know like you have some buildings but it's not like the main focus right like you could um you could have your team spread out across the entire map and there's one one thing happening over here one guy kills two players you know then he like regroups and it's just a whole different like complicated whole set of like systems that like bring joy to the viewer right because um i have also watched PUBG matches steve and i agree man they're really fun to watch they're they're really fun to watch and i think because what's the max players in a team four on PUBG? yeah four right yeah. yeah so yeah so i mean if you have like how many squads there's a hundred you have like you know you have like 25 squads or something you know all going up against each other and you know and a ginormous match like dude that's freaking awesome man freaking yeah awesome. especially you have the the randomness in PUBG as well like yeah. for the view it's exciting how how everybody is like how do they make decision based off whatever happens with the map or whatever yeah like where's the circle going to be yeah exactly rotate in a, and also, like everybody can win a match, it's yep. Because there is luck involved as well. Yeah, I mean, you have like um, even like changes in the environment. You have like those bombs, right? Like if you're in an area and your area starts getting bombed, like you need to move. You need to go inside, or else you're gonna die, right? Um, and you need to be careful, right? Like I think, I think the like the dynamic aspect of PUBG is I think what makes it so exciting to watch. It's it's not very linear. I see Steve that you have uh, some fans here. What up, Quindigoldo Zenry Masta? How you doing, guys? <coughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so I think with PUBG, the very exciting, um, the very exciting aspect of the game, which kind of gets crazy near the end, is the wall. The barrier. Yeah, yeah, but When yeah. you, for example, got like five squads in a very tight environment and it's getting smaller and smaller, they're pushing together. There's going to be all out, you know, like a war in the middle and just like the commentators build up this amazing yeah, yeah. scene and it's just fantastic to watch. Um, you know, but yeah. Warzone has the same concept, right? There's all, there's even more squads in Warzone. I think there's 35 or something like that, even if, if you're playing four. Uh, with, like with a squad of four, but I don't know. It's not the same as PUBG. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's different. I, I I don't know what it is, man. I I really don't know what it is. But um, guys, I think the time is nigh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to uh, gonna be wrapping up here. Uh, it's been uh, about... I just want to 
just want to give a shout out to Gwendolyn who yeah, came into the stream. For sure. Um, he came in and insulted me, so <laughs> I'm not coming into your stream anymore. So you can get out. <laughs> get out, Quinn. Now, what's up, Quinn? Uh, yeah, we recently made a video with Quinn. And uh, it'll be released uh, very soon. It's a little teaser. Uh, guys, if you enjoyed the stream, make sure to leave that, smash that follow button like you've never smashed the one before. And, um, yeah, you can listen to us on Spotify. Uh, you can listen up to this episode and all of the other episodes on Spotify, all 17 episodes. And we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep we're gonna keep building it. We're going to keep going. And, um yeah, uh, thank you very much, Fabian, Super Dry, owner and co and founder of UMX Gaming. Uh, Fabian, uh, it's been a very just, what? Just the fact that you said Fabian Super Dry, like without oh, Fabian Super it's Dry. Just, <laughs> Fabian, you're Super it Dry, man. It's, it's all right. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Uh, also, the fact that you put in a sneaky follow there, just like being with us for like two hours and just like, yeah. I'm just going to do a follow now. It's so going to do a little, nobody will notice. Yeah. A, a little quick one. Um, Fabian, man, it's been a true pleasure to have you on the show. And um, I hope you had a good time and I hope to have you on again sometime for sure. Uh, especially as your organization grows, as you guys keep getting those W's. We're definitely gonna want to uh, to ha to have you back on again, uh, guys. Make sure to follow Fabian and UMX Gaming on Twitter. Uh, the link should be in the chat right there. Show some love. And um, when's your next game, by the way? Fabian? Yeah, when's your next game? Tonight in, I think two hours. Very nice. Oh, okay. Very so nice. Go check that out. Fabian, one last thing before we sh uh, wrap up here. So you have a game coming uh, in in two hours. Mm -hmm. What do you want your players to know? Like, speak. If they, if they see this, if they see this, what do you want to tell your players right now? Has to be very motivational. So motivation. I, maybe emotion in. Maybe it. he doesn't want to be yeah. motivational. Maybe he wants to not be motivating. <laughs> what do you want to tell your players, man? Um, even though it's kind of hard time for us because a lot of roster changes. Um, I think it's amazing how they handle the whole situation and how they still grow. And in the end, I know we're going to come back stronger out of it and just go and win them all. Hell yeah. Right on, brother. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Fabian, have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for coming on to the show. You too, Steve. Have a great weekend. Uh, and all of you, the viewers, thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Uh, we'll be back on yeah. Monday. The only person I don't want to wish a good weekend is Gwendolyn So <laughs> you ruined your chance with me. So just have a horrible weekend. <laughs> Goodbye. Guys. Ended there. Cut, cut. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>